We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's a Arsenal appear on the brink of announcing a new manager, and if you're worried about a lifetime of mid-table mediocrity, don't worry, there are still trophies in the club, because this is the award-winning Arsenal Vision post-match podcast. My name is Elliot Smith, and you can block me on Twitter, Yankee Gunner. If you thought we were insufferable before, holy shit, we're going to be impossible to live with now, because thanks to you, dear listener, mom, dad, uh, we won We won an award. We won we won an award. We won the FBAs, the, the fan-voted FBAs, as, as the finest football podcast in all the land. Now, look, we are surely not that, but we're going to take the award, and we're going to claim it as a victory, and it may be a barren trophy cabinet for a lot of years, so let's just put this one in there. We'll put Arsenal on it. We can all hold it up together, and it's something we can celebrate. And here to talk with me about the award, and we're actually going to talk about the bomb that Ornstein dropped on Twitter just moments ago, changing our entire rundown for the podcast. This was going to be uh, a postseason awards episode. That is still in the making. Don't worry. Um, but we're going to talk about the new manager, assuming Ornstein is correct about it. And we're going to do it with Tim. You can find him on Twitter at Stilberto. Hello, Tim. Hello there. Congratulations on dragging us to the award, my friend. I believe I believe it was all you. <laughs> I, I believe that too, yeah. Mm. Touche. Uh, and also here is Clive. You can find him on Twitter at Clive P-A-F-C. Clive, thank you for dragging us to the award. I believe it was entirely your contribution that did it. Oh, absolutely. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Uh, uh, Paul and Scott are going to be along in a separate segment. Paul has a job. I don't, I don't fully understand what that's about, but it means that timing has gotten a little difficult. So we're going to do two sections here. We'll do uh, Tim and Clive. We'll do Paul and Scott. It'll be a lot of fun. So moments ago, 
David Ornstein did what he does. He dropped a bomb on Twitter, an info bomb, an orn bomb. And uh, as usual, you should check out his mentions for the laughs. <laughs> but the, the announcement was somewhat surprising. Tim, he suggests that Unai Emery is on the brink of being announced as a new Arsenal mm. manager. Yeah. There are a lot of things to discuss here, whether you like the appointment, whether mm-hmm. uh, you think it's motivated by the, the right decision-making, whether it evinces clear-headed uh, process on the part of Arsenal in selecting the new manager. But before we get to any of that, maybe you could just sort of give me your 30,000-foot your view of this decision and, <laughs> and whether you feel this appointment makes sense under the circumstances. It's, it's a really weird feeling at the moment. So um, we're recording this probably less than an hour after um, after Ornstein's <laughs> tweeted what he's tweeted. And it feels like a lot longer than that because, you know, Twitter and you've absorbed all of this reaction. And at the moment, I'm just completely confused. Um, first of all, I, I don't really know, know much about Emery. Um, I didn't even know he managed Valencia um, ever until about 40 minutes ago, uh, quite frankly. So that that's, that's how kind of in-depth um, I've gone on him. And because I really didn't even think he was one of the candidates. I'd never even bothered to read up. I did have a like an idling thought a couple of days ago, and I was just kind of thinking, I wonder why he hasn't been mentioned, because, I mean, let's face it, he's been available since about February. Um, like the second PSG got dumped out of the Champions League, he was available and everyone knew it. So I'm sure we'll talk about this. There is maybe a concern about process here. If Emery was really the one they wanted then surely he was available quite a lot longer than before like the last 24 hours but I suppose it depends what's gone on it but the reason I feel so confused is because I totally convinced myself to get on the Arteta train and uh, I I was on it quite strongly which is weird in itself because that was exactly what I thought Arsenal would do um, a couple of weeks ago like before the end of the season I, I said I thought it'd be Arteta or Vieira, um, and but with the caveat that that's not what I would do. Um, and I th- think I was on this podcast saying I'd probably go for Ancelotti if it was me. So having talked myself, I'd like done a complete 360 on myself and completely talked myself into Arteta, completely convinced myself of the reasons why taking a gamble on the next big thing, if you can't get the best, you know, if you can't get like Allegri. Um, then, you know, don't settle on the second-tier manager, gamble on the guy who could become top-tier. Having completely convinced myself of all of that, now it's not not happening. I feel a little bit um, a little bit like the wind's been taken out of my sails. Uh, on Emery himself, I don't, I don't have any strong opinion either way because I know so little about him. But, yeah, kind of being abruptly thrown off of the Arteta train um, because it's broken <laughs> down, is uh, yeah, it, it feels very weird at the moment, and maybe I'll have to. Um, there, there's no way of saying this without it sounding terrible, but maybe I have to go to work on myself a bit um, with Unai Emery um, as well, and you know, just do some reading about what he's like and whether that seems like a good fit. I, you know, I did, I did start to wonder why he wasn't being linked with the job, but the fact that he wasn't right from the off when he was clearly available just made me think he, he wasn't in the running at all. So. Um, it's very strange. Um, it's, you know, I maybe have some concerns about the process here, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, I don't have all the facts. So it's it's quite, it, I've, to sum up, 
I'm in limbo a little bit um, at this moment in time, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, I am I am worried, and I will get into all the reasons I'm worried. Uh, Clive, I want to ask you something, though. Look, I think there is there is a, a very strong contingent of supporters that believe Arteta was the wrong choice, that he was not prepared for the job yet. And, and for the record, that is a totally acceptable opinion. Uh, Mikel Arteta has never managed a football club. This is a big job following on from a legendary manager. And even with all of the backroom staff in place to support him, I can get behind the argument that Arteta was not ready. Having said that, like you, Tim, I had kind of warmed to the idea and was ready to be excited about a new guy with fresh ideas. I don't feel the same way about this appointment, obviously. Um, but but let me ask you to give your opinion this way. Let's say Arteta had never been mentioned, okay? Let's say we went after the types of guys we should have been going after. Jardim, Nagelsmann, Tuchel, uh, uh, Allegri, Simeone, you know, throw the list in there. If it hadn't been Arteta, if, it hadn't been a, if the front runner hadn't been a guy with zero experience that was really a very dangerous, risky choice, wouldn't Emery feel immensely like a, a compromise on the other options we should have been looking at? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not looking at it that way, if I wanted to. Yeah, I'm uh, looking that's at wrong, it. though. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, I'm like you, I was, I was desperately trying to convince myself that Arteta was the right option. And it's a bit of me right now thinking, I hope we have missed out on the next Pep Guardiola because the, the story's moving all the time, but there are... There are things saying in the background now that he was never offered the job, really wanted it, and also got cold feet due to the lukewarm fan reaction, right, to Arteta. So, um, and that's why they went for the more experienced option. So, hey, look, these stories are going to come out. It's going to be ten stories by the morning. By the time you're listening to this, that story could have already moved on. But the way I'm, uh, what I find more interesting is is the fan base actually, and how the fan base reacts to rumors and choices and i think it's part of our conditioning we have been conditioned for the last i'd say 10 years to really focus our thoughts and anger into one individual and we've become incredibly opinionated probably more okay i watch Arsenal fans more than any other but it feels to me that we're almost defined by our opinions as a fan group, right? And we have become really opinionated and conditioned into having an opinion about the manager. And as we're going through the candidates, I don't think there was hardly any candidate that everyone agreed on. And so we're in a situation where I've actually I wobbled massively on Arteta last week. I did a big Twitter thread and I was concerned about a lack of experience. And I said, it's just my nerves. I want it to be right. But you know what? I'm, then I stepped back and said, what, what's actually happened? We've hired some really, really top people in their fields. And I've just sat back and thought to myself, you know what? I need to sit back and just trust this club. Because my opinion, okay, it's good to have one. It's good to have a thoughtful opinion. But really, we, we've, we've wanted this change. I've just got to sit back and say, I've got to trust them. Emery now, so I did... As Tim was talking, I did a quick little read-up on him. And I, and I only know about him since um, Sevilla days and going to PSG. But he was at Valencia. And he also brought a team called Almera into the, into the top La Liga league as well. And then he went to Valencia. And then he ended up at Sevilla where he was had a very strong reputation. And I'm wondering today, if we'd have hired him from Sevilla, 
we'd all be massively excited would after we? a three-year group. Oh, what I did he do would. at Sevilla besides win the Europa League season after season after season? And I, I mean, you've just said we've become a cup team. We need to go back to being a league team. He was not a league team. He was a cup team. I mean, no, he, he, he wasn't, wasn't a team. team. He was a human man. But you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but I suppose that's, that's down to the makeup of the team that you have, right? So he's won the, I know it's a one, it's a one team league in uh, in France and he made to come second once but um, but yeah he <laughs> and he, two you know, embarrassing exits league. from the Champions League albeit to the two titans of of European football but in embarrassing fashion in both cases and in Sevilla the reason he was in the Europa League in some cases was i believe parachuting out of the Champions League if i'm if i'm uh, not correct so i mean yeah. you know that that's that's where you measure yourself at the highest level and when he has been at the highest level he has not measured up yeah, I suppose the Sevilla days, we obviously worked with it, is it Monchi, the football director there, who's obviously renowned, and they had a very good system there of buying and selling, and he managed to buy and sell and do very well and get the team to a Champions League consistently. Okay, they didn't survive very long, but neither do we. And, um, and then he went on the one Europa League. Hey, look, I'm not I'm not his fanboy. I'm just looking at it from a, from a positive perspective and thinking, well... A week ago, we were about to potentially hire somebody that had not managed one single game. And right. I was convincing myself that was a good idea. <laughs> Touche. A, a, a few but, but. days later, we're, we're hiring somebody with a, with a track record of top-level management and just been in charge of the biggest club in France. And um, we're questioning ourselves again. I just think we've got to just breathe on this one, see how this story develops, and... Um, and, and embrace it, right? That's fair. I guess the problem for me, Clive, is it's, it feels neither here nor there. And I think that some of the reaction is going to be naturally impacted by people coming to terms with Arteta. And now, because it's not Arteta and it's someone who's actually managed a football club, we're like, oh, well, this is okay then. But I look at it this way. You could go with the young, supremely talented coaches around European football like Nagelsmann or Jardim or you know, Tuchel or just pick, pick your guy. You could go with established names like Allegri. You could go after Simeone. I, I don't know that we could get either of those guys. I'm just listing them. You could go for an Ancelotti. We've talked about him on this <clears> podcast. <throat> you could go for a Rafa Benitez, someone who has top-level yeah. manager, managerial experience, is a good in-game tactician, has managed in the Premier League, has a good Champions League track record. What I think we've done is neither here nor there. We've neither gone for one of the really talented young vanguard of coaches nor have we gone for one of the experienced proven big names and i'm not really sure how we wound up with emery and i think i want to talk process now tim and to me i'm ready to have arson back i don't know about you please come back arson i miss you i'm sorry we were wrong no i had i was of the opinion that Ars the everything wrong at arsenal was arson wenger and that this this savvy ivan gazidis and raul saini and seleni saini and and sven mislintat were here now but now i hear about we're gonna go get socrates coming off a terrible season at dortmund we've already gone and raided dortmund for Aubameyang because apparently that's what sven knows and you know we're giving contracts to to jack wilshire and giving the number four shirt to Mohamed el neni and we're we're abandoning Arteta at the last minute to go get Emery, and and it's been reported by the Mirror, by the way, that this was in response to fan sentiment about Arteta to some extent. I obviously don't know if that's true, but deeply worrying if that is part of the process. Tim, is this our first little look into the the way the club operates, absent Arsene's steadying hand, and maybe just a little bit of validation for him that oh, you know what, this might be a little bit of a shit show behind the scenes. 
I mean, possibly if if everything has gone as it looks like it's gone. Um, but what the last kind of couple of hours have showed us is that um, we we don't know everything um, because or even anything, if the Emory, in my Emory, case. <laughs> <laughs> if um, if the Emory thing, even if it happened quickly, I doubt it all happened since like seven o'clock tonight. Um, that will have been in train for at least a couple of days. Um, you know, we had to travel here um, for for a start off, and nobody knew about that. So. You know, there, there's every chance we don't quite know everything. But, yes, I think it does, on the face of it, look a little bit worrying. Like I said earlier, he, Emery's been available for months. Um, and I get, you know, you don't always get your top choice. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Allegri was probably their first choice. But they went, you know, we'll sound out Allegri. Might not happen. But other than that, we've got like a list of candidates below. And I'm sure they had a few names and they thought we'll interview them, you know, and we'll see what's what from there, which is, let's face it. That's what happens in every business in the world, um, in recruitment terms. But, um, yeah, it, it, it does seem a little bit odd that there was a lot of smoke around this Arteta thing, like a lot of smoke from a lot of, you know, well-placed people. So, I mean, it, it looks like that was going to happen. And uh, I'd be intrigued to know why it's not whether like where if there were cold feet where they came from whether they came from the Arsenal side or whether Arteta didn't like the sound of the setup or or whatever. Um, there's a lot of conflicting information around about now. So I mean, because a lot of that feeds into you know the competence of the process. If Arteta you know did the interview and stuff and he got the cold feet or he turned it down, then that makes things a little bit different because then you have to keep working down the list after that. And, um, you know, it, it might be that Emery was, you know, fourth, fifth choice or whatever, and Arteta was third choice or something like that. Um, but it does, on the face of, given what we know or what we think we know, it looks a little bit like a panic move. Um, you know, nobody was talking about this. This didn't really seem to be seriously in the crosshairs um so yeah i i think i think it is a worry or but like you know the thing with um your you know your point about arsene wenger and his role and and you know whether whether it was all his fault or whatever else i mean i yeah i i think i share that and always have done really but you can't keep arsene wenger forever um, and it wasn't working, and sooner or later that cord had to be cut, um, and we, we were going to have to find out one way or another whether you know how how good um, Ivan's crack team is. Um, you know he's he's certainly appointed. What's quite weird, I suppose, is the team that's going to be behind Emery. You know these these guys are are really like first class in their field, and would have been first choice, and would have been the sorts of the quality of people in their respective areas that any club in the world would have appointed. That doesn't mean they'll work, but um, so it, it seems, it seems almost strange to get like, yeah, we got the recruitment guy that everyone in the world wants. We got, you know, the guy from Nike and Barcelona and we mm -hmm. got, you know, we got like the guy for sports contracts and all of that. And the guy for, for performance and, and strength and conditioning in Darren Burgess and, and then to get like your fifth 
choice manager um, <laughs> after all that. But it, do, it does suggest that it looks like to them the structure is far more important than the actual man they appoint. I mean, that, that to me, though, is all the more reason to take a wild-ass shot at someone who might be a uniquely talented, inexperienced guy mm. rather than this sort of very vanilla choice of someone who has proven they will never be at the absolute top of the game. I mean, the thing that worries me, I mean, Tim, isn't there something to be said for someone who got their shot to be the best and failed? Like, you know, and don't get me wrong. People Mm. fail at one place and succeed at another. I get that. Like, you know, but even like a Klopp, for example, who kind of lost his edge at the end of time with Dortmund, proved at one point in his Dortmund time that he was among the best managers in the world. And, and maybe mm. his message had just gone stale at Dortmund or his, his approach or whatever the case may be, or he had fallen out with some of the leadership there. Emery got a shot at PSG, and he was decidedly poor mm. there, in my opinion, in terms of the results he produced with the talent that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, he got to go toe-to-toe with Barcelona and Real Madrid in the Champions League and didn't get it done. Now, to be fair, a lot of people wouldn't get that done, but the way he lost to both of them was humiliating in each instance. Mm. Uh, I just want to stay with you for one second for a quick question for you. The Mirror is going with a story that this last-minute switch was, at least to some extent, driven by fan sentiment towards Arteta. Just quickly, <laughs> one, do you put any stock in that being true? And two, if so, does it worry you? I'd, I'd be enormously worried if that were true. I'd be absolutely appalled if that were true, because that just cannot be a consideration um, when you're making these kind of decisions in an elite sports club. And, you know... It, it doesn't exactly demonstrate. If, if that's true, that demonstrates no faith or confidence in your own decision making. I I don't think it's true. I'm inclined to think that's probably not true just because it's so mind numbingly stupid and incompetent that I just. I just. Well, how I do you even know that? My you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. the, the problem with you know, a report I, like that. Thought, you go ahead, Clive. Yeah. I thought fan sentiment was behind Arteta anyway, but maybe that's just my little. Um, you, you, you travel. Old, you travel but... in in uh, less uh, insidious circles than than some people. But yeah, yes, I yeah. think that's fair. Uh, Clive, c- come in on that. So I'll say one couple of things. I, I, I saw that name, Emery's name, on May the thirteenth in the Daily Express. That's the first time I saw it. I thought that's interesting, and it could just be. Just to think about this for a moment, right? It could just be that Arteta impressed a lot of people, and Arsenal were thinking about it. They were going through a thorough process. They saw Vieira after they saw Arteta. I think we'd all agree on that. And Emery was also the last person that they saw. And, you know, have we thought for a moment that he may just have interviewed really well? He may have had a, a better plan, a better structure, and and the people who are selecting him feel more comfortable with him. I mean, it's not it's not really a shock that somebody with his track record, I missed out 200 games for Spartak Moscow, by the way, somebody with his track record could come in and impress versus somebody who played for Arsenal for five years, been coaching for two years, and hasn't got a track record yet. But, you know, he's got a lot of fan sentiment, and we all, we all wish that he could have been what we hoped he could be. But the moment Arteta, think about this for a second, the moment Arteta was any less than Pep Guardiola, you know the fans would have turned on him as well and would have turned on the board and said, how could you pick a manager with no experience? And I think at the, at the back of all this, I think what's going to happen at Arsenal very, very quickly, very quickly, is that the light is going to shine 
on all those individuals in the boardroom really quick. We've been, as I said earlier, we've been conditioned to, to shout at the manager. He's now been removed. There's only one more place to shout at. And it's going to be all about the board, all about Gazidis, all about Cronky, all about Josh Cronky, all about the chips, all about those guys there in the back room. They've been taking their money for many, many years. They're going to come under huge focus. And if you're a businessman that can see the future, you're going to say, well, if that's going to be me under that focus, I'm going to trust a guy with experience. I believe Allegri was the first choice, without a doubt. I think they may have toyed with Nagelsmann, but maybe that's just me because that's who I wanted. But if I'm going to put my life on the line, I'm putting my life on the line with an experienced individual. And maybe just impressed, and this is where we are, which is at the back end of a thorough interview process. Sure. What's wrong with that? I mean, you know what? That That is a good point, right? Like, we have been led around by the media so much on this process. Um, I, I cannot imagine the amount of smoke surrounding Arteta meant there was no fire there. But to be fair, Emery may have always been in the frame and may have always been a candidate, and ultimately the process may have led us here. I think that would certainly make me feel a lot better as opposed to it was going to be Arteta and at the last minute, minute fan sentiment scared us off of him and we scrambled for Emery, which would be a disaster in terms of process. I mean, outcome can always yeah. work in your favor. But Clive, I mean, let, let me ask you the the same question. I mean, in terms of Emery coming in now, I, look, we have to get behind him. I just want to be clear about that. You know, I, I'm going to complain a lot on this podcast because I, I'm not super thrilled with this and I... I'm a little concerned about the process as well, but ultimately I will be behind him just like I would have Arteta. But do, do you buy my argument, Clive, that we've gone neither for the big name sort of steady hand Ancelotti approach, nor have we gone for the top of the game young manager up and coming in his career. We've kind of split the difference with a guy who has been at one of the big clubs in world football and not shown that he is capable of rising to the challenges. I mean, is that unfair? It's not unfair from where you're sitting, and I can't disagree or, or argue with you about it. But you know, we got we we got to we don't really know what we've got, and that's what I'm trying to say. We didn't know what we were going to get with Arteta. We didn't know we, if we got Vieira, what what would we be getting? We don't really know. He would be untested. Uh, with Emery, we at least we got we understand a little bit more what he's going to he's going to be. You know, he's he, he's more flexible in his formations. I know he plays more of a four four two at Sevilla, but he also played the four three three in in Paris. And um, so, yeah, we, we I just want to wait and see. Really, I, I think we're becoming. I, I I find myself studying the fans more than I study the football, and um, we're becoming ultra obsessive about opinions on individuals and. I think we need to get back to supporting the club. I really feel that. I think this is the time to really just put our own thoughts just slightly to the back burner and at least wait for one friendly game. <laughs> We're trying to mean? create content here, Clive. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. But it's like, I, I do think, I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading on Twitter right now. You think, you think that the world had ended and it just... It, just can't I'm be right that here. Way. You can direct just your comments it, to it, me, Clive. I'm right here. Just look at it logically. <laughs> yeah, just look at it logically. Right? Look at it logically. This is a logical decision to go for an experienced, man, an experienced manager. I was really struggling with Arteta. I really, really wanted 
wanted it to be the one and i was listening to people including tim who were convincing me i listened to grin and Balligay on his youtube he's doing, he's doing some great youtube videos by the way and i've been listening to those and he really convinced me about the quality of the individual and then he started talking about emory today and i thought well, that's interesting and um he's obviously got a link in there now into arsenal maybe he's, maybe he knows Sanyeli. yeah he's, yeah. he's got a link because he's not messing about the deep the information he's coming up with tim is really really insightful he, and he got um he got the abamyang transfer before most yep. people did as well and the way he speaks the way he talks around the club he's he's very confident about some of the people in the back room there i think he's got a link there i think you're right it sounds like i've just put two and two together said to spanish bloke who's our director of football maybe he <laughs> knows him and so uh so yeah i i i'm i'm very very interested to see the, the identity of these people become more more relevant but when it comes down to it it looks like gazidis and co have said we need to make sure we keep our phony baloney jobs and are we going to go with the experienced guy? Because we know we're they coming got scared. under focus. They, they got scared. They got scared about putting their reputation and their jobs on the line with a guy who had never managed before. And while I can exactly. totally understand that and back it, what I would say is there is a world of young, talented football managers out there that we appear to have bypassed for a very easy choice. Why is Emery easy? He's not currently under contract anywhere, right? So we don't have to pay anybody to get him. Right? I mean, let's not yeah. let's not dodge the issue here, folks. There's no money changing hands to get Emre, to get a Nagelsmann, to get a Jardim, to get an Allegri, to get a Simeone, to get even a Rafa Benitez, anyone like that. You're going to have to pay. And now we don't have to pay. This guy comes free. Um, you know, he, he comes from PSG, so, you know, he's been in the Champions League. He's won some Europa Leagues. He's got just enough veneer about him to pass the smell test. You know, to me, it's Moyes. It's, he's got experience, but experience doesn't mean you're good at what you do. Now, again, I'm not saying he's a bad manager, but I just think that I wanted a manager, whether that was Arteta or whether it was a Nagelsmann or whether it was an Allegri, where I really believed this person might come in and wind up being one of the best managers in world football and the difference that they could make would overnight see an improvement in our fortunes. You cannot convince me that Unai, Unai Emery is a better manager than Arsene Wenger, that we have improved there. Now, you might say, how can I convince you that Mikel Arteta is? There's a chance that Mikel Arteta has, enough, has absorbed enough footballing intelligence from Pep and what he's seen there and that his ideas about football might be such that, you know, if a few things shake the right direction, he could instill some really inspiring tactical changes into the club that make a massive overnight difference. I don't know that I believe Emery can do that. And I will point you in the direction of a Twitter thread from David Jacka. Uh, his name is David Cartledge on Twitter, but it's, his handle is David J-A-C-A. And I, I, I look, I cannot vouch for his credibility. I've never come across him before. Homepage editor, ESPN UK, Spanish football journalist at TalkSport 2, FB Whispers 442. Uh, but he does cover Spanish football. He has a long thread about Emery. Um, some of the things he talks about is uh, very, very long video sessions that players have complained about in the past. Now, that would be quite a change from Arson, where I think we had a Dropbox where you, were, you could watch some videos if you wanted to. Um, lack of discipline, known as being a very passive manager that players could walk all over. A little bit concerned with that. Um, and, I mean... He, he starts to get a little nasty. He said, you know, never saw a, a, a lead he couldn't lose, a game he couldn't lose. I mean, look, it, get, it all gets a little bit much there. But I, I think there are concerns. Now, ultimately, I don't know enough about the man to make 
a confident proclamation about his, his skill set and quality. It does raise questions in my mind about the process. Tim, one more thing that I think is important to cover here is the Arteta angle. Arteta was probably super excited to come back to Arsenal. The players, by all accounts, really adored him. He's an Arsenal man in some respects and a very serious football man from, from everything that I've seen written and said about him. This is not going to be something that I think he takes well. I don't know that for sure, but I, I would guess that it's a big disappointment. Mm. Is there a risk here that what we've really done now is, look, it may never be the case that Arteta is anyone we do want. He may go on to a mediocre career, no career. He may be mm. a failure. He may go on to be a very talented manager. I mean, have we, have we potentially negotiated this process in such a way as to eliminate the chance of Arteta ever wanting to come back to Arsenal? Yeah, quite possibly. Again, it depends on the details behind the scenes, but it, it kind of seems unlikely, doesn't it, when when you kind of get close to a job somewhere and then you don't go through with it for whatever reason. It's, it's not very often you go back. Um, and, you know, like like you say, he might, either, you know, there's every chance he won't turn out to be a good manager or anything like that. But Arsenal were obviously quite convinced that he's going to be. Um, so, you know, if if basically if Arsenal are as convinced as they seem to be a couple of days ago that Arteta was the next big thing in management, then yeah, it seems quite likely that, that um, you know their opinion of him no longer really matters because uh, you know he's it, it it would be very difficult to see him doing it in the future. And indeed, by the time you know by the time he's managed somewhere, um, you know he might be out of our reach anyway. So we don't know, but. Yeah, it, it does kind of feel that way. It does. And I mean, I, just your gut, Tim. Look, I know I know you are analytical about things. You try not to fly off the handle. Uh, I wish you would more. <laughs> I wish I could coax that out of you. But I mean, re- really, just emotionally in terms of the way this process has developed, does this in some ways leave you feeling a little flat? I mean, I have to admit that yeah. if I look at it in the cold light of day, the Arteta decision is madness at some level. But I yeah. I found it titillating. I found it exciting. I think what's mm. hard about this is it, it feels like you think you're getting, you know, elbow deep in the mystery box, <laughs> as, <laughs> as you said on a previous pod, and instead you're getting tofu. You're getting the tofu box. You know, mm. like, is, is there really just an argument to be made that this is just an enormous letdown in terms of sort of the, the hopefulness and excitement that, that a crazy appointment like Arteta would have brought switching now to someone like, like Emery? Yeah, a little bit, and uh, may- maybe that will fade. And maybe as I read and uh, assimilate more over the next kind of day or couple of days or so, maybe I'll come round again. There are a couple of the things I-, I have, yeah, I've seen that thread that you referred to and found that quite worrying. I only know the only thing I really followed with PSG was um, because I write about Brazilian football, his relationship with Neymar, which which was not very good, but then Neymar doesn't really have great relationships in football because he's a bit of a twat um basically and yeah, he doesn't that, like that any doesn't managers I mean, so, some players <laughs> can't be reasoned and, with right yeah, that's fine <laughs> yeah and um neymar's not going to be rocking up at arsenal anytime soon so you know he, he won't have that kind of um level of, you know neymar is probably given his talent and you know he's probably the most difficult player to handle um that you could that you could think of um so yeah, I, I don't know how much I can hold that against him, uh, quite frankly. And I'm sure he was told. Um, I'm sure, uh, however, he wanted 
to deal with that situation. I'm sure he was told he couldn't do it, that you shut up and you koto to Neymar at all times. So um, he probably couldn't do anything, even if he wanted to. But um, some of the some of the stuff on the contrary, I, I have heard. You know, I read I read something about there's some player who I, I can't remember if it's from PSG, but I read this comment about like he's so um, he analyzes opponents to the nth degree. And there was this player who said, "Oh, I ran out of popcorn." Um, we watched so many videos playing under him, which you know is a bit of a derogatory comment, but. Um, that's surely a massive culture change from Arsene Wenger, um, hugely analysing opponents. And I mean, you know, we have me, been crying out for it. It's just not to the point yeah. where the the players are falling asleep in the film room. You know? Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, at PSG, that strikes me as a bit of a waste of time. Anyway, um, why did PSG need to uh, really, really super analyse their opponents? Um, in 99 percent of their games uh, at Arsenal, I think it's different. I think that is an approach that would be more welcome that the players you know probably would be more receptive to because there's been kind of whispers that you know they 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 really think that we lack that um with Arsene Wenger so you know there's there's a bit of perhaps a change in approach there the other thing i read is he always has the same assistant uh Juan Carlos who who apparently is is a bit of um uh, not much you know quite effusive shall we say uh, maybe not quite a loose cannon but um you know, a shouter and a screamer. And so there's an element of good cop, bad cop um, there, which, which again, I think would be a culture change at Arsenal because, again, from what we've gleaned, you know, Arsene Wenger and Steve Bolden, Arsene Wenger and Pat Rice was a bit like, yeah, put the cones out, um, warm them up, um, and then shut up and get out of the way. So, you know, there are two potential things there that are, a bit of a culture change the the other i i suppose immediately obvious thing <clears throat> I, I i completely take on board what you said about why severe kept dropping into the europa league but if it's felt again that the europa league is a really really viable way of getting back into the champions league next year hiring the guy that won it three times in a row is is possibly simplistic thinking but you can probably follow it where they've gone, well, we've got two cracks at getting back in the Champions League. We get either get in the top four or win the Europa League. So, you know, going for the guy that's got a lot of experience in the Europa League and won it a few times. Um, sure, you know, may, I, maybe I, that's I in their that. thinking. I, I and maybe that. maybe it's in it's their thinking. <laughs> let's let's get him to win the Europa League, and you know, we'll probably finish eighth or something, and then we can sack him. I mean, and then we'll be we'll look, be back in the top four. <laughs> I get the reasoning, but you can also see how like he won it three straight times with Sevilla. Still doesn't change the fact that winning any knockout tournament is such a crapshoot and depends so much on your draw. You know, fitness when the tournament starts back up again in February, what the case may be. And I, I just worry, you know, if that is the thinking. While I I get it and I can understand it, um, it's it's such a long shot reason for hiring a manager. And and I, that doesn't mean you eliminate it as a factor. You know what worries me more? It's the exit to Barcelona, not this season in Champions League, obviously, but the season before. Mm. Um, you have a 4-0 lead after the first leg. And you have the most talented team in the competition, potentially, or certainly one of them. To lose the second leg 6-1, all the things we talk about at Arsenal, lack of managing a game, lack of having the, the mentality, the, the toughness, the mental toughness to make it through a game, the ability to just see out a result, that's a really worrying 
result, that 6-1 at Barcelona with a 4-0 lead. And I wonder how many managers in world football would retain their status at the top of the game with an exit like that. And I realize it's harsh to base your entire reputation as manager on one failure. But that is that is a failure that raises enormous questions about that manager. Um, and certainly about the players who were on the pitch, no doubt. But it, it is a concern. Clive, I think before we move off this and get to just a little bit of waffle about squad numbers and stuff like that, uh, before we say goodbye, because yeah. we also have Scott and Paul coming on later, but I think the, the question now is, you, you know, whether we can get where we need to get with this appointment. One of the things that's been brought up about Emery is he doesn't speak English. I don't have a problem with that. I'm curious your thoughts on hiring a manager who doesn't speak English, though. He doesn't speak very good English. He's more like Pochettino when he first arrived. So you're saying he's like the so host he, of the podcast. That's fair. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just something like that. And and you know what? Even even that, I think, it's not the end of the world. Think about this, right? We... we 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 are all the all the way along in this whole process. This has been about somebody joining a team of people, and we put a lot of focus on the manager because that's what we've been brought up with. We've been brought up with somebody who was the king. This is always about somebody coming along and joining three other main people in the club, maybe four other main people, as the four we've mentioned with the performance guy, contracts guy, um, Ivan, and and Sven and Raúl. Five. Right, and that's a team. That's the team now at Arsenal. They are the people running the club, and the manager is the is the final piece of the jigsaw to, to coach the team. And so that person always had to have a relationship with somebody within that team or the club. And it looks as though potentially Raúl has been the one that's brought this one in. Potentially, I'm just making that guess. And um, and he's part of the team now. And. It's, it's, like I say, we're, we're buying a car. We're not buying a house. This is a two to three year appointment maximum. And it's going to bring us into the next phase. And it's actually is quite interesting about the squad numbers being released. What I find really interesting about that is on the day when this has leaked conveniently, Arsenal prepared to make some decisions about squad members and just bang these numbers out. And they're being quite decisive. I'm thinking... I, I'm really liking this. I'm I'm liking what I don't understand. The fact I don't understand it, the fact that people are trying to piece things together because we've become Wenger experts over 22 years and we know every ounce of that club. Well, we don't know what's going on. We really don't. We're getting, we're getting sold dud stories. We're getting sold dud information. Does the chief executive you, know what's going on? At a, at a uh, we, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know that either. Because, it's unclear. But we're making, we're making that massive assumption that he's got no idea what he's doing. Well, based on the fact that, based on what, right? Based on what he's not had a chance to do his job until now, until last summer, he's made these appointments, and we're going to get a chance to judge him over the next year or so, and uh, when he's going to have to really earn his money in the public light, and not hiding behind arse and skirts, right? So, I, I think we just—I can't—I don't want to sound um, overly sensible. But I'm excited by the fact that I don't know what's happening. I don't know how it's arrived. It doesn't mean it's incompetence. It just means this is our chance to look, learn, read, and listen. And then judge once the ball starts rolling across the grass and when players start walking into the club. 
the fact we don't know, get comfortable with it. Don't listen to the very first story that hits your timeline and make that your judgment and opinion. Mm. Try to be a bit more considered about it. (laughs) (laughs) Try to be a bit more considered and, and give it chance to settle. Wait for people to be a bit more informed and then say, okay, now I know where we're going. Now I like the sound of him. I like that by... I like the system we're going to play. And when it comes down to it, it's the ball on the grass and how it moves well, and what we do from a results perspective. And, and this is the first step, right? This is, what well, sorry, the first of a number of steps that's going to really, really decide that. And I think in the next day or so, we're going to find out how we arrived at this situation. So, so I think you're right about that. L- let, me, let me just add a few details to that picture that you're painting there. Because going in the past, for the past 22 years, Arson... Arsenal were going to succeed or fail on the ability of Arsene Wenger to make this team succeed or fail, this club. Going forward, Arsenal is going to succeed or fail based on how Gazidis, Raul, and Sven, with some input from the manager, make this team succeed or fail. The structure now is is replacing Arsene. So Arsene is now Gazidis, Raul, Sven, plus the manager. So it is spread out across more people. And so I think this appointment was our first chance to really have a front row seat at how that structure operated, how efficient it was, how effective it was, and how clear thinking it was. The first thing I would say is I don't necessarily see any similarity between Emery and Arteta. So in terms of clear thinking, those are polar opposites in my mind. I just don't know yeah. how you say, well, it's either going to be, you know, I'm, I'm trying to decide on dinner and it's either going to be the porterhouse steak or I'm going to have the uh, house salad. You know, like the, yeah. the, you, you struggle to understand the consistency, whereas, you know, if it was something like, well, it was between Arteta, Vieira and Nagelsmann, you know, or just Arteta and Vieira or Nagelsmann and Jardim, you can, you can start to piece that together. Or on the other side of it, you could say it was between Rafa Benitez and Carlo Ancelotti. You kind of understand it. This feels like a bizarre amalgam of, of, of choices. The other thing I, I have to go back to is they've known Arson was going for a while now. Surely yeah. there was a list of candidates. I don't think you can just brush aside the accusation that it is interesting that the two candidates who kind of made the final round are candidates that it doesn't look like we'd have to compensate anyone to get. I don't know about Arteta, but certainly mm-hmm. not with Emery. That we, no one made it to the final round who was going to cost us any money to go get. And I wonder how much of Josh Kroenke or Stan Kroenke's influence is in that, saying, look, there are these managers out there who fit the bill who are free. We're not going to go pay a few million dollars to a club no, to get a manager. The, um, the compensation wouldn't have been prohibitive. Well, right? it depends it who you're going to get, right? I mean... Right. You can get Pochettino for $6 million, Okay, six, right? but $6 so, million is, is money that, that we're not spending. We're spending zero million. We're spending zero pounds, in fact. Zero. Like, it's a small yeah, number. I, su- I suppose so. I mean, but, I, look, I'm not um, saying it's prohibitive in terms of what we can afford. I'm saying it... it it is hard not to see that as part of the equation here, considering that the guys we seem to have narrowed it down to were guys that were not going to cost us the kind of compensation that Allegri might have or a Simeone might have, not that I'm saying we could get those guys. Look, that's part of it. And I, agree, I agree with you 100% on the piece where the, the, the people in the frame were seen to be opposite ends of the spectrum. Right, so you know, Allegri was the one I, I wanted because I just loved the way he beat Spurs at Wembley, and I loved the way that he fought back against against Real Madrid. I I, I loved that. I loved how his in-game tactical decisions. That's a, that's not. I'm not sure that's a good basis to choose a manager. I'm not saying that's my expertise, but I did like that idea. Um, and I think if you're going to reposition the club, 
you need to reposition it with the best manager available. He was the one I wanted. But then to go to the complete opposite of Arteta, that's that's scary stuff, right? I, I was I was petrified. I think the club fan base would have given him a chance. But if you lose your three games on the trot, there would have been massive backlash. And that was only going one direction. Right. So um with this choice, I think we get a chance to get an experienced person in to build Arsenal for the next phase. And what let's flip it around to be a bit more positive. This guy's got a big exposure to the French market, a big exposure to the Spanish market. He's also worked in Eastern Europe. He's also got connections at those clubs. Sevilla, the way they recruit was absolutely fantastic. He was part of that machine there. He under, some of the players on PSG's bench would do well for us. Right? They've got some young centre-halves there and a young left-back that we're looking at that are outstanding players. Let's just think about the positives of this. He's worked in the French League. We've got men, loads of young talent there that we'd be interested in and he would know about. So, you know, we're, we're now open to the world. He's somebody that's known. Players will come and play for. I can find 10 negative things about him, Elliot, and so, and so can you. Well, we read them all the time. Just the 10? Come on, man. I can find <laughs> as many negative things about anything as yeah. you'd like. <laughs> well, you know, we haven't... Just flip it around to the positive. Things, sure. You know? well, well, can I add one? So it, uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I would say this. I think there's a chance, and Tim, hold your ears. I think there's a chance... <laughs> That Arsene Wenger had become a bad coach. I'm sorry. I think it is possible that that he had that his Tim's ability to coach. Seen it live and direct. Okay, right. But but I think there's a chance that he had gone from being a, a good top of the game kind of coach to maybe a bottom bottom of the game kind of coach. And, and I, look, I say that with reverence for the man. But if Emery is just a competent, decent, modern coach. I still think there is a lot of room for improvement. Talent aside, I think just at the margins, just with the coaching, just with the setup, just with the organization, there are basic areas for improvement that can make significant gains for us. And I don't think we need Pep Guardiola to make those gains. So my positive, Clive, would be I don't know that we need the world's greatest manager to improve a lot if we just kind of update our thinking and get some of our coaching right. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, one thing that's, you know, I was really sort of getting myself excited about Arteta. But you know what? I've also been really concerned about the size of the badge and what we look like from the outside. And with Emre, whether you like it or not, or like him or not, he's a well-known global manager that's worked in multiple countries and he's now coming to England. So from a from a how Arsenal are perceived perspective, I'm sure people can spend time to rip him apart. But he sort of is the sort of manager that fits the size of our club. He's been to a club as big as ours and obviously richer. And I think it does not look odd. It doesn't look odd. It sort of fits. And and I think that's going to keep the club going in the right direction. Well, we'll find Honestly, out. So players many... talk, Clive. I mean, players talk Absolutely. to one another. So we will find out pretty quickly because if the word among the players is this guy's a fraud, he's a joke, you're going to see yeah. that pretty quickly in how the players take to him. So it'll be, I'll be curious. I mean, there are big, big players that will all be seeing each other and talk to each other. I mean, Mbappe, yeah. Cavani, Verratti, uh, Di Maria, Neymar, you know, some of the biggest name players in the world have played for him. And so his reputation within the playing community is not going to be a secret, you know? 
No, absolutely. Football is a village, right? So, and that would have been known to the people that recruited him. I, I hope. hope. <laughs> yeah, I hope. And it's gonna come. It's gonna come. It's gonna come out, right? So, in the next day or so, we're gonna have the press absolutely either support this, but more than likely, we've become the club that's been defined by division, and they're going to now make continue that narrative. Wenger's gone, but they can now create the division by attacking somebody before his first game. So, it's coming, right? It's already out there. It's coming. My my opinion is, you know what? I'm going to look, read, watch, and listen. And then when that football starts, I'll make my judgments in. Fair enough. So, Tim, last thought on the process here. I mean, given the amount of time these guys have known um, that Arson was going, given mm. the candidates that would certainly have been interested in this job, Given the degree to which this looks like a last-minute, almost trolley dash-style decision, you know, reminiscent of you know when we got, ironically, Arteta, Murdasak, things like that. Does it worry you that with the amount of time we had to make this monumental decision, it does appear that we have at at least the optics of it appear that we wound up making it in a very haphazard way at the last minute. I, I think the thing that worries me the most is they obviously knew Wenger was going for a while and everyone's known that Unai Emery was going to be available for a while. Um, so you would have thought that this would have been quite an easy one to set up any time from about March onwards. And I get the point about, you know, they wanted to be respectful to Arson and not to do too much behind his back. But, um, you know... Uh, Again, some very well-placed people are saying that Arsenal went through due process kind of last spring and sounded out some candidates. You know, it it, it, it has to happen. Um, and I don't believe for a minute that Arsenal are that full of rever- reverence that they wouldn't, you know, even hold a slight, you know, a slight WhatsApp message to an agent somewhere. Um, so it strikes me that, that this could have been done. Um, a little while ago so yes I think that's the thing that concerns me the most there there might be something we don't know maybe you know maybe Emery had another job lined up somewhere that's fallen through and Arsenal have gone oh yeah he's actually the one we wanted and that you know I, I'm not sure how likely that is there doesn't seem to be any kind of um, inkling of that but yeah I, I, I think that's the thing that concerns me the most you know your point about kind of going from you know the Arteta and Emery, that, that's not the same type of appointment that suggests they haven't gone for like a type, like you say, they haven't gone for the ferryman, they haven't gone for the you know, the, the, the up and coming or the big risk. They've they've gone from like one to the other. Um, which is a little bit worrying and there is quite a bit of evidence that Arsenal <laughs> operate that way. Um, particularly with regards to transfers, um, which I think we've always assumed is a bit of a failing of, of Arsene's, but um, maybe that's it wasn't only his hand on the tiller um, when those sorts of things were happening. And, you know, Arsenal decided to buy two £50 million strikers within six months of one another. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's, that's definitely a worry. Um, but, you know, I always say what's the point in being angry about something that hasn't happened yet? Because as and when this does go all horribly wrong. We'll have plenty we'll of time and podcast to cover to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly, look, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, look, and by the way, I'm from this moment on, 
until it all kicks off, I'm 100% behind Emre, and I hope he does a brilliant job. And I think he can do a brilliant job, and I think he has the squad to do a brilliant job. The worries for me are process, right? We always want to evaluate process because outcome can fool you. Process tends to deliver more consistent outcome. And the process of hiring this manager is a worry for me. I cannot help mm. that. I may be totally wrong about the manager being a bad appointment. He may wind up being a fantastic appointment, but the process appears on its face, at least, to be concerning. Let's finish with this real quick, Tim. Any thoughts on squad numbers? Is the, is the big news and maybe worrying news that Petr Cech gets the number one? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it's difficult to know how much to read into these things. You know, Czech could have taken the number one when he arrived. Like, Shes I think him and Chesney slightly crossed over, but not by much. Like, everyone knew Chesney was going. So um, he, he could have taken the number one any time. Um, so, again, I don't, I don't know exactly how much to read into that. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't. I, I'm slightly worried about that one. Elneny taking number four, fine. Bellerin taking number two, fine. Jacker wanting 34, yeah, fine. But yeah, I, I'd be worried if um, a goalkeeper, like a really good goalkeeper, wasn't near the top of our shopping list for this summer. And I hope that's just a, a kind of a purely cosmetic thing and not an indication of status. And to be honest we sh surely won't know that until the manager's actually in. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure how much... Like, I'm I'm pretty sure that Arsenal didn't speak to Emery today and he said, oh, by the way, um, I've got the squad numbers here and first order of business. Like, this is obviously a decision <laughs> yeah, that's been made fairly cosmetically and independently by the club. So I hope it's um, it, it doesn't reveal anything deeper. Clive, does the fact that Bellerin got the number two maybe assuage any fears that he was off this summer? He was never going anywhere. Who's going to play right back? Maitland Niles and Reese Nelson. There you go. My, my best days are gone, mate. It's not going to be me. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I think it's... Uh, uh, that was always... He was always going to stay. Right? That guy's got a, a, about a 20-year contract, right? He's always going to stay. He'll be here for a couple of years at least. And, um, I'm just reading a tweet, actually. It's a very smart one. He's saying that if Chelsea got Emery and we got Arteta, I bet everyone would be saying, why didn't we get Emery? Nope. It's, it's nope. all about perceptions. Nope. It's all about perceptions. Not, not it's having all that. all about perceptions. Not having that. Didn't want Emre. Would have been happy to see him go to Chelsea. Not a fan. Again, love him. Hope he, hope he wins everything. Huge fan now. But nope, that's revisionism. Not taking it. Let's I think on this very see. podcast, see. we talked ourselves into Arteta. Let's not talk ourselves out of it now. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying to how the fan base would have reacted. Some of the fans would have said, why did we get an experience? But notice something. But notice something. And that's the truth. Ch Chelsea aren't going for Emery. Who are they going for? They're going for Sarri. They're going for Luis Enrique. They're not, they could have gotten Emery. You mean to think we could have gotten Emery ahead of them? Well, there's another story out there that West Ham looked at Emery and then turned away from him because he couldn't speak English so well. Yeah, and, and so they're the most fucked up club in the world. <laughs> so exactly. What does that tell so you? <laughs> at the moment, this is so fresh, we're just not quite sure what to do. Fair, fair enough. Um, and then in a couple of days, we'll soon see. Um, what do you make of the fact that, um, as far as squad numbers goes, that Maitland Niles was given the eight? <laughs> I got you there. You nearly got me. You nearly got me. Tim, was that good? Did I do a good? Was that a good one? <laughs> that that was that was a, a sick burn. Yeah. Thank thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, look, that's the next. That's the next podcast. I'm ready for that one. Yeah, we're gonna do postseason awards. By the way, that'll be the next one. Um, unless it winds up not being Emory and we get. <laughs> 
who the fuck knows? Um, maybe this will be the one time Warnstein's wrong about something. Wouldn't that be amazing? Man, we've already done two podcasts, like settling in on a manager, two different managers. I'm not doing it again. Um, I do want to really say thank you to everybody who voted for us in the FBA. I kind of uh, kidded about it at the beginning, but I think it, it means a lot to us to, to win that award because it is voted on by people who listen. And the, the fact that you voted for us really does mean a lot. Uh, it means that we can go to sleep at night wrapped up in your uh, kind thoughts because obviously this is free content so we can't buy blankets or sheets or anything but we can go to sleep wrapped in your in your kindness and, and appreciation and thank you for that we're going to come back with scott and paul who I, I i promise you paul will probably scream and yell at me more than these two did so it could get kind of feisty we'll see how that goes but tim's on twitter Stilberto, thanks tim my pleasure uh clive's on twitter clive pafc thanks clive thank you very much heart settling down now from that little scare i gave you yeah, I'm, I'm into the Warren. It's going down well. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. All right, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week when we do some awards. But uh, until then, we'll come back in a moment with Scott and Paul. Surprise, surprise, surprise. my pleasure to introduce the two other members of this award-winning podcast one of them is paul you can find him on twitter at pause my pants hello pause hello that was not very convincing <laughs> that's the award-winning content you're gonna get here at this podcast folks the other one is scott you can find him on twitter at o underscore that underscore crab scott thought it was okay to go on vacation uh we will discipline him for that later but he is back hello scott hello yeah, so I, I got you all warmed up and excited about doing an awards podcast instead. Ornstein dropping Twitter bombs. It's Unai Emre in, Arteta out. Paul, I'll start with you. Just super high-level, 30,000-foot emotional reaction to this. How are you feeling about the de- decision to appoint Unai Emre, next Arsenal manager? Fuck. Yeah, same. I'm, just, I'm absolutely gutted. Yep, me I too. mean, it's, it's probably on, it is unfair on Emery. If if they'd been pitching me Emery for a few weeks, you know, I'd at least be open minded about it. If, if they did this, this is the thing. If they did this because they were afraid of the reaction they were beginning to see about Arteta, holy fuck! And then they do the check thing, like whatever, a few minutes later. I don't know who the poor fuckers are that uh, Arsenal's social media team have checking how. Uh, Arsenal are reacting on Twitter. Uh, I could see the two of them looking at each other saying, no, no, you go and tell Ivan. No, you go and tell him. <laughs> um, Fuck, what a fucking well, meltdown. Well, so let's just get uh, into this. Do, does it does yeah. it raise for you renewed questions and concerns about you know all the faith we've been putting in this new hierarchy of Ivan, Sven, and Raul, and that that was the way forward and that it really was going to be an exciting new world? Has this shaken any of your confidence in that? Potential future you mean, there? You mean, does it make me think they're a bunch of spineless, gutless bastards who yeah, lost their yeah. bottle just at Ars- the end? Arson no, in. Yeah, no. Because, no? Okay. No. <laughs> no, no, like, no. I'm, you know, I'm very positive and I'll back those fuckers right till the end. So, no, I didn't think they were a, bu- a bunch of spineless, gutless bastards who panicked. I mean... You make a convincing case for it, though. Uh, Scott, you uh, you know things about football, as opposed to a lot of the contributors to this podcast. Uh, can you give us any insight into Emre or any reason for optimism? Are you are you an Emre in or an Emre out? 
Um, I'm kind of an Emery meh. Um, so I mean, and you know, I'll try to get, um, give a little bit more of a, a nuanced take. Um, so there's what, what I was kind of thinking when I when I heard Emery is that he's more of a, a high floor, low ceiling kind of guy for me. He's not really a, a guy that you look at his track record and is known for crazily over overperforming, you know, the wage bill because you know the the wages tend to be your destiny um, where you finish in the league, and you know. When he was in Spain, um, he did well with with Valencia. You know, got them to, to finish third, which is about expected. They're about the third, fourth richest team. That was really before Atleti's rise. Um, when he went to Sevilla, they're about the, the fifth, maybe sixth richest team. And he went fifth, fifth, seventh, I believe. Um, PSG. You know, they're obviously heads and shoulders above where, where they were. Um, you know, the competition in France, and you know, he did second and first. Um, you know, one another. Uh, all the other cups that are in France as well. So to me, he, he, you know, will do about what you expect. So going in, I would expect Arsenal to be fifth, sixth place again. I mean, going forward, because that's about what, you know, the talent level that there is at Arsenal. So to me, this is kind of a, a pretty meh appointment. <clears throat> yeah. um, it's not, it's not the worst thing. It's, you know, a very steady, um, yeah, but it doesn't really excite you where it's gonna. He's gonna bring in something new, exciting. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a shock. I was, I was just kind of getting, you know, on board with Arteta. Like, oh, this could be new. It could be exciting. You know, I don't know what to expect after all of those years of, you know, we know exactly where we're gonna get with with Arsene Wenger. Um, it was, you know, kind of exciting, and I was on board with that. Um, but the, the the biggest thing, you know, and like Paul had, you know, brought up is that this really kind of brings up the question of the hierarchy and what what, what was the process? I, I believe that, you'll that find that, that I raised that question, but sure, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I answered it. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what was the process that, that led to this decision? Because all of the smoke and all of the reports were Arteta and like how the deal was all but signed. And, you know, a, a deal is not a deal until all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, but it's like, it was, everybody was reporting that it's basically this. He's, you know, putting together a coaching staff, everything's basically done, you know, just except for the press conference. And then basically in the, you know, the 11th hour, a brand new decision comes in and it seems to have been very quick. You know, there's some reports saying that what it took like a, a week that the, about a week ago, Arsenal contacted him and now it's basically done. And, you know, it's all wrapped up. It's, yeah, it's it's what what caused that turnaround and all the there's a lot of those unanswered questions out there. Sure, and I mean it, it is concerning, and I mentioned this in the earlier part of the podcast with the stars of the show that um, it's it's difficult because it, with all the time we had to make this monumental decision, all of the planning and advanced thought and research that must have and should have gone into this, it feels like at the 25th hour we threw a dart at an available dartboard, and that's worrying, but. Something you said, Scott, that really troubles me is he's a manager that kind of gets you what you expect. And if there's anything you could say about Arsene Wenger, he was never really terrible. But for the most part, the nail in Arsene's coffin is that he never surprised. He never delighted in the league, that he that he delivered consistent and expected results. And consistency and expectation are kind of the the enemy of the sports fan, that the, the football fan wants hope and excitement. And sure, maybe you finished 15th, but maybe you'll finish first. And... Arson had sort of 
long since stopped giving us that hope and excitement. And you're basically describing Emre as being someone who can deliver what's expected, but this is a fan base crying out for something different from what's expected. Now, you could argue that sixth is different from what's expected, but you, you take my point. You know, Arteta, as bad an appointment as he could have been, and he could have been terrible, created enough uncertainty and intrigue to be exciting that maybe that variance was there, that maybe he imparts some incredible wisdom, some incredible uh, tactical noose that that he's picked up as a a young manager sitting beside Pep Guardiola that, that catapults us up the league. In Emery, I don't see that. Now, Paul, in the previous section, one of the things we raised is the concern that Emery and Arteta couldn't be more different in terms of choices, and that going from one to the other belies the this notion that the process was a little bit chaotic. Because how how are you supposed to believe that we were between? Oh, on the one hand, maybe Arteta; on the other hand, maybe Unai Emery. Like the, those are not comparable choices. Are you at, at least a little bit confused as to how we wound up in a situation where those were the two choices? I mean, how do you? How do you explain having such disparate options become seemingly the last two candidates? Well, in my 2009 blog where I talked about how Unai Emery was going to pip Arteta to the uh, manager you don't have job to do this, just Paul. at the last... You, no. you don't have to do this, no. <laughs> I, I, have a, I just did a thing on Twitter where I offered to organize a crowd fund to... Re- fly a banner past the over the Etihad to apologize to Arteta and explain it wasn't us, it was the fucking board, um, just in case anybody's listening. So the one thing I would say is I kind of get that these are the two managers right at the end. I can see why if you lost your bottle on Arteta for whatever reason, you would go to something straight. The, you know, to me, Emery's kind of in the, I mean, there's nothing like Carla, Carlo Ancelotti, on the other hand, he's in the safe quadrant. If you had a quadrant of different kinds of managers, you're going to lapse. Uh, it's inconsistent because they're nothing alike. But if the reason you're backing off Arteta is because of the e- obvious reasons you might back off him, kind of inexperience just seems too risky, too much of a gamble. Emery is a kind of, well, he, he'll, he'll at least be probably pretty good and he'll... Uh, he's a very detailed oriented preps kind of prepares the team structured blah 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 all the things we kind of said we wanted uh but not in a really risky way and uh, as scott said not with a a high ceiling but a decent floor so yeah i mean uh, i agree with the may he's kind of like a an exotic foreign may yeah so l- let me tell you why i have a problem with the floor ceiling uh comment First of all, it's because it came from Scott. But secondly... Yeah, I was, I was just yeah. going to say, that came from Scott. Yeah, no, the, the reason our problem convincing. is... We, we're at the floor. Arsenal's floor is sixth, right? I mean, realistically, look look at it this season. We finish in sixth, and Burnley was the team pushing us for sixth, and they finished a, a pretty good ways behind us. Like, this kind of is the floor. Sixth and no trophies. Like, I don't... Yeah, from I, a place standpoint. Right, but... But, but, but things can get... You can still... You can come sixth or fifth... And be terrible, or you can come fifth, fifth or sixth, and be getting your shit together and seem to sure. be pointing but, but in the Paul, right direction. I think what I'm saying is that, like appointing Arteta, you can't convince me the floor is any lower than it would be under Emery because the floor would be we're bad and he gets sacked. Like 
we're still going to we're not going to get relegated. We're not going to wind up having any more of a mess season than the one we just had. The ceiling is what we want. I mean, as 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 football fans, it's all about the ceiling because second would feel great, but what we really want is a title challenge. Even if I'm not going to say a title, a title challenge, feeling like we're in the picture. Now look, you could argue that City are so far in the distance that's not realistic for the short-term future, but the ceiling's what you're after. So to me, ignore the floor. If you think Arteta could be so freaking bad we finish fourth, 14th, ignore that. The question is, do you think his ceiling is so high we could put some pressure on at the top you know, or be relevant there? Then you go get him. And if you feel that Emre gives you a higher floor in the sense that you're not going to be a complete train wreck, but you have no confidence that his ceiling is dragging you back into the upper echelon of the league and being right there in competition for the top spot, then why are you pointing him in the first place? So, Scott, I mean, if if we assume that it is Emre now and, and that this is done, do you have any any wisdom that you can impart to us in terms of what we might expect to see from a footballing standpoint? I mean, only the the stuff that I've read in the last couple of hours. Probably more to, than we know, is, so go for it. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, totally caught everybody off guard. But, you know, so there was a, a great Sid Lowe piece um, in The Guardian. Um, it was before they, they played, uh, you know, it was the second uh, European or the Europa League final that they had. And, you know, a lot of the talk was um, on his very detailed, oriented um, uh, preparation for the match, which I thought was, you know, kind of a, a bit of a departure from what everything that, you know, you hear from Arsene Wenger, um, where it was basically, we're going to play our way, we're not going to really worry about the competition, and we're going to, you know, go out and do that. But Emery seems to really focus on, you know, what are the um, the opposition's strengths, what are their weaknesses, and, you know, they use, you know there was the antidote, but, you know, he, you know, cuts his own video himself, you know, watches 12 hours and distills it down to an hour to to bring you know to the the team to be able to watch so i mean that's that's kind of a, an interesting tidbit and you know a little bit more of the the preparation beforehand which i know that's always been a, a stick that people have uh, beat arson with over the years so maybe we'll see some of these you know vaunted tactics that arson never did well and i think if you want to have optimism the optimism can come from the fact that even just a little bit of updating from the tactical standpoint and a little more preparation for individual matches could yield enormous gains at the margins. I mean, we were one of the best teams in the league at home this season. If that little bit of extra coaching and preparation can make us even a tolerable team away, we're right back in a top four mix. And this is a guy who's won the Europa League three times. So, Paul, I mean, in terms of the fact that we are in the Europa League, um, yep. as much as we don't want to be there, winning it does give you a path back to Champions League football and, oh, by the way, a European trophy. Do you believe that something like winning the Europa League three times is repeatable, that that is a viable reason for choosing a manager, or is it too much of a crapshoot to base a decision like that on? <laughs> it's certainly... Uh, so I think it, I, you can't take that as, as your primary reason for doing it, can you? But yeah, it's got to be one juicy kind of benefit that this guy actually knows how to win that competition and is going to be lining himself up for it. Uh, and we'll make sure, you know, he'll probably play his A goalkeeper in the Europa League. So that's good. You mean the only goalkeeper, Petr Cech, our new number one? <laughs> yeah, stitched together. But uh, he'd be wearing fucking splints on both legs. Here's what I don't get. Why are we getting this guy who's apparently a brilliant video editor when we already have Cullen Davies? You know what I mean? 
We've already got this guy. We can do our own comps. We've been doing it for years. We've got so many guys, so, so many video editors. I mean, seriously, there's enough content on Twitter for free that you could do your video scouting with. Yeah, um, this wasn't what we needed. So, yeah, I you will, can see my my tactical analysis of this guy is fucking zero at the moment. Uh, like Scott, who's only his, less. Who's his go-to EDM you know, music that he goes to? That's that's yeah. a big question. Scott, do you do you put any credence in the argument that, that this was done in response to negative fan sentiment reaction to the uh, potential appointment of Arteta? And if so, how worrying is that for you? I mean, on a scale of one to 10, that is all the way at the top, because if they don't have, you know, the, the cojones, as, you know, Trey Dini would say to, you know, pick the guy that they think is the best for the job, that really concerns me. Um, you really need to stand by your decisions. And, you know, that is, you know, how, you know, we ended up with Arsene Wenger. I mean, this guy from Japan, like, who the hell have heard of him? Like, could you imagine the, the Twitter meltdown that must have, you know, would have happened if that was the, the case back in the day? I, I mean, you really have to, if you think you have the guy, you have to be willing to stick by it. And if they thought that Arteta was that person, they, you know, they really should have pulled the trigger, in my opinion. But it's, yeah, it's very concerning if it's, you know, a backlash against him before he'd even really taken the job that scared him away. Can I add something? When you think when you think of the people who were against Arteta, uh, some of them would would have been wobs because anything from from Ivan and the boys is seen as poison and 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 weak and uh, you know without the. The, the winning desire and stra- and a strategy in place. Um, and a lot of the people, I'm not saying all, but a lot of the people who liked Arteta also liked Arson historically um, and certainly liked that that more progressive style of play and passing. And, you know, and the, I think a big, big component of the people who liked Arteta were very open to supporting the board in general and giving them another chance and stuff. And this is a really bad fucking com- combination for them. Um, the people who were against Arteta were against the board because they're against the board. And a lot of the people who liked Arteta will think, what the fuck did this board just do? You know, my problem with this is that you don't have to think Arteta was the right choice to yeah, think this is exactly. the wrong choice. You know what I mean? Like, so here's the part I don't get. I mean, Scott, you can name some of them probably better than I can. When I say to you, name a collection of the most talented, young, up-and-coming managers in world football, it's what? It's Nagelsmann, Jardim, Tuchel. Who are some others we're going to name? Uh, Sarri. Um, I'm blanking on a few here or there. I'm trying, I mean, Simeone's not someone in the frame. But, but, Scott, I mean, wouldn't you say that the question to be asked is, if we were after an Arteta who had no experience and we decided that was too big a risk, why didn't we pivot slightly to one of these young up-and-coming guys as opposed to just what seems like a, a total course correction? Yeah, and I, I, one of the things is I think that they really wanted uh, Nagelsmann from Hoffenheim. Um, but, you know, Hoffenheim basically said there's no way we're letting him out of his contract because, you know, Bayern Munich wanted him as well. And, you know, Bayern Munich can't get somebody, then that means it probably is uh, uh, definitely a, a, a no way. It, it's, I, I am kind of out of words to say here, which is, you know, it's not great baffling. for a, 
a, a podcast, but it's, yeah, it's very tough to imagine what the thought process is trying to, to go through it to figure out what actually happened in here. So the, I'm, we're going to have to, you know, read the reports that, that come out and see if we can put together more information. Well, this is totally off topic, but, you know, I know we talked a little bit about squad numbers, but can I just, you know, come in here and say, what the hell are we doing given Mohamed Elneny, the number four jersey? I think what I know, we're doing you know, is level setting <laughs> expectations about our transfer business in central midfield. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that uh, that is... Sorry, that's just my two cents on that one. I mean, this is a guy who I was okay with him being re-signed as sort of like a, hey, what the hell, 15th or 16th guy on the squad. You have to have players like that kind of guy. But now he's our number four. I mean, this this has a whiff of giving the number nine to Park. What I mean, what do you think about the squad numbers, Paul? I mean, is, the, the big news is going to be check getting the number one and the panic that's going to induce in people that we're not going to go out and get an actual number one. But Elneny getting number four certainly suggests that he's very much in the plans to be a big part of central midfield and certainly that we probably do not have another central midfielder uh on the way yeah uh i mean maybe it means that uh, that I was might never be reading into it too much to be fair i mean jack wilshire yeah. took the number 10 shirt which he was sort of entitled to because he was already at the club when clearly mesodoza yeah. would have would have wanted it you know yeah um i have so much to be pissed off with I'm kind of less, uh, I was never a big numbers guy anyway. I mean, Bellerin got, what, the two, so that's good. Um, personally, I, I, as I've kind of said in a few different places, I wouldn't be rushing to spend, if we have very limited funds, I wouldn't have been rushing to spend them necessarily on getting a number one goalkeeper this season. I know that's, I know I'm the only one who thinks that, but I still think Czech, if they if they assess his fitness for next year, looks pretty decent i still don't think he's the weakest link in the chain if we if we're only going to go out and get four or five good players he wouldn't be my third player or my fourth player goalkeepers i think depending on your outlook on thing things aren't the guys who win or lose you the, the league well, wait 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 or your position when we we brought in check that he's you know worth 10 to 15 points a season yeah, we were told to, to by be fair, John we were told Terry. by John Terry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Since when do you take do his you word for good. gospel? Um, and then on the the other side of it, there's David de Gea, which makes anybody who make uh, makes the statement I just made look foolish. But there is sadly only one David de Gea. So I think a decent enough check next year. I'm open to it, though I know nobody else is. It, um, it's not that I'm not open to it. It's that I think. You know, you you can argue that there's a cliff coming, and if there's a cliff coming, and you're not in the market well, I think for a the keeper. Number two is the key thing with check. Go yeah. out and decide who the number two you want to challenge him is, and not quite do a Buffon, a Chesney thing. Make it more competitive than that. But uh, I certainly wouldn't steamroller check and spend and and blow thirty k or thirty million. Sorry, on a a goalkeeper out there as one of my two or three key picks at the moment because we've got so many other players. Uh, the Elneny thing is troubling if it means... Well, it's not troubling if somebody knows how they're going to use him and he's key to it and we're going to change the system and they're going to take advantage of him. We're kind of assuming it'll work the way it, it did last year and that he won't shine any better. So I guess we've got to keep an open mind on it. But uh, uh, I think I'll go back to just being fucking shell-shocked that Arteta isn't coming. They threw a fucking wobbly on the morning of and brought in uh, 
uh, Unai Emery, and and you're like, what the fuck are it's, they doing? Yeah, it's it's surprising. I and so Scott, I guess let's finish with this. I mean, we're all going to get behind Emery, and we hope he succeeds, and he may well succeed. The issue here for me is an outcome. Any appointment could result in a good outcome, especially because I'm a believer that there is a lot of room for improvement incrementally without changing the squad. There's a lot of room for improvement just on coaching side of things. But from a process standpoint, you do have to look at this process a little cockeyed, right? I mean, in terms of the amount of time we had, the way the process seems to have been handled, the candidates seeming to be disparate in some ways and and not seeming to have a clear line of thought in terms of what we were trying to accomplish when we were looking for the manager, the way the last-minute pivot, if if it indeed was a last-minute pivot, was made. And I fully acknowledge that we are taking a lot of our information from media reports that may well have been wrong. But is your biggest concern here that the process, when you start to build it into some other things that have happened, buying two expensive center forwards within six months of each other, turning the squad over maybe too much in a January window, causing you know a lot of instability, going after older players when really the squad needed turnover age profile the fact that we're linked to players like socrates who are old and coming off a bad season do you start to look at all of this and then add into it the the emray decision and how it unwound and and think we may have more of a problem with the power structure at the club than we were inclined to think it, yeah, it definitely shakes my confidence because, you know, when when they were going through to pick Art, Arteta, I actually thought that, you know, from the outside, it looked like the process was pretty strong. So, you know, you could kind of see when the announcement that, that Wenger was going, that, you know, you could kind of hear like there was a, a medium list of names that they were kind of, you know, testing out and probably doing informal talks with um, as things kind of whittled down towards the end of the season. You know, it was kind of, you know, you know kind of linked down to a few names. I think, you know, you could probably say it was really down to, to Arteta. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm blanking on the name here, but Juventus Allegri. Allegri. Um, and then, yes, and then um, Vieira. And you know, those were kind of, you know, the probably nailed it down to those three. And then they really kind of made the decision there that, you know, Arteta is going to be our guy. And then all of a sudden at this last minute, it's something changed and it kind of was a, a whirlwind, you know, he wasn't really, I mean, I think everybody knew that Emery was going to be available. He was basically a dead man walking at PSG for, what, six months, basically, since he got knocked out of the, the Champions League, that everybody knows that he's going to be going. And there was almost no whispers or, you know, rumors that, you know, he was going to be in for the Arsenal job. And it just, you know, he goes on TV. I think there was a, yeah, a clip where saying last week he, he went on TV saying, hey, I would be interested in your small job. And then it's, you know, out of that, he comes in and it seems like that was really the, the first you know talk of him being linked. And it was with him himself saying, I'd be interested. And it's, it, it does bring a lot of question into it. And then, you know, I, I wanted to look past some of the, the transfer moves as, you know, they were trying to do one last push, you know, one last, you know, all in to, to have you know Wenger go out on a high, getting in back into the Champions League before they really did the big squad rebuild that is needed. I, I really wanted to talk myself into that being the plan, but now it just seems that my confidence is shaken in the the overall process that everything is happening with the club, and I, I am concerned that yeah, it's going to be stuck in that sixth place zone for for way too long, 
and yeah, I, I can't really imagine Arsenal really going below that just with the, the resources and the revenue that they have. Um, especially, you know, the, there's no one really stepping up, um, you know, below them. You know, what is Everton? Everton's, a, you know, a, a steaming crater of a, a team right now that needs a, a total rebuild. So it's like, who, who would be stepping up below them? I'm not worried about Burnley. I mean, they're going to be dealing with, the, you know, the Europa League and, you know, they have all those extra games. Are they going to really push on? You know, I, the numbers all hated them last year. You know, so it's going to be, I can't see them really doing that either. So it's really hard for, you know, seeing Arsenal not finishing in the top six. But, you know, sixth place looks like it could be an issue again. And it might be where we need to start getting used to. Instead of that fourth place, we're going to have to say sixth place trophy. Yeah, great. (laughs) Because we all love the fourth place trophy so much. Uh, uh, Paul, I I really thought you and I were going to battle in this segment. I was preparing for it mentally that you were going to be the optimist and I was going to be pushing back. You've gone a little soft on me, Elliot, here. Uh, Well, there are pills for that. And you know what? My my wife is perfectly happy. All right. A final conspiracy theory from you before we say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. So Arson hasn't been clearing out his desk for like a week. He kept on about how he was going to go in last week and he didn't. But he shows up today to clear out his desk. Now, I don't know about you, but that man has a serious intellect i suspect he's been swanning around the office chatting to people just dropping subtle kind of undermining little comments you know kind of little bitchy stuff about this about that by the time he had worked his fucking chaos through the office this morning having cups of coffee chatting to people smiling laughing he left people with all sorts of did you see that time? Remember the time Arteta did this? Remember the time that? Remember at City where this? I reckon that 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 cunning, cunning fox came in at nine a.m. and by the time he was done at five p.m. clearing out his desk, they'd fucking panicked and hired Emery. There you go. That's my theory. All right, <laughs> it's something. Uh, <laughs> Paul's on Twitter. Pause my pants. <laughs> Paul's on Twitter. Pause my pants. Thanks, pause. Pleasure. Uh, Scott's on Twitter at O underscore that underscore crab. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. We're uh, we're going to come back and do an award pod uh, either later this week or next week when the dust is settled on this, but we didn't feel it made any sense to record it this time, as I mentioned earlier. So uh, we will now all get behind Unai Emre. It's Emre's army, and that that's it. That's where it's at. So start thinking of your clever Twitter handles with Unai or Emre or Un, Un, Unai Emre. Or so, I don't know. Come up with something. Pfizer. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. In any event, uh, leave us a five star review. Write nasty things about. Oh gosh, everybody's on the podcast. Who uh, nasty things about Unai Emery in the comments? Why not? Uh, It's your last chance before he becomes our manager. And I do want to thank you again for voting for us in the FBAs. It is a a wonderful and sweet thing that you have done. In any event, we will be back after Unai Emery is announced as Arsenal manager. Cheers. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.